I had, you know, it's Girl Scout cookie uh, mm. season, and so I had some some Girl Scout cookies. That, I don't even want them, but they're on the counter, and uh, doesn't matter if you want them in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. And the thing was, we so we went out to we went out to brunch over the weekend, and I saw that you know the there was the Girl Scout cookie table you know outside near the restaurant where we ate, and you know I. You know, I made the choice consciously not to buy any, but the problem was, Connie also was there, and mm. she drove by or she walked by, and she made a different decision. Mm. And I don't even know that she even had any, but then she bought them and then brought them to my house, so it didn't nice. even matter that I did that. What's your go-to Girl Scout cookie? I don't. I mean, I don't. I I dislike all of them, but I, I still really? I, mean, I still eat them. Yeah, I mean. They're all. I mean, that doesn't they're all right. They're really. Right. No, they, it doesn't sound right at all. They're really sweet. Um, like, yeah, people <laughs> like people like that. <laughs> the I think the Samoas are the ones that I was, you know, munching on today, and I'm. They're. I mean, they're fine. They're good. They're fine. They're what pretty much you? fantastic, Joey. Yeah, yeah, they are pretty. I much mean, fantastic. I know. <laughs> Use a Samoa for you or something else? Oh yeah, Samoa for sure. Okay, I, I I think I think it's very close. That and Tagalongs, which is Tagalongs the peanut butter, the one? peanut butter chocolate. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good that's one too. Good. Yeah, it's like free some of those bad boys up. Mm. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the like thin? Are they called? They're not called thin mints, right? Like the, I think they that are sounds called right. Thin yeah, the thin mints. Yeah. I mean, they're they're nice. I mean, but, I just uh, prefer peanut butter. Like, give me the yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I feel like the thin mint is like a nice palate cleanser after a few samosas. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's fair. You could do. You could do. Uh, you you could make a sandwich with the the tagalogs on the outside and then put the, the, mm. the thin mint in the middle too, mm. with peanut butter and mint. It's not a horrible idea. I think it's, it's worth, I mean, worth trying. <laughs> All right, I'll report back next week. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I need a I need a lab report on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the tracks. Who doesn't love the bounce castle? Hitler. Just prepare to... Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a wash and unbeatable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. And today is February 22nd, 2023. And this is episode 635. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida. The man behind the dials. This show, we're going to discuss 
a one-on-one -on -one week of Pacers basketball with games against Utah and Chicago. And uh, we'll cover a little bit of the All-Star weekend with our uh, bleeding edge co uh, covering of the uh, events of the weekend. <laughs> you heard it here last. <laughs> Joining me this week are two of our three analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. First, from the high school home of Jamison Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatables? Shout out to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Went there uh, over President's Day weekend, had a great time, um, took in some history. Uh, fact of the trip, so that the Pennsylvania State, or no, City Hall in, in Philadelphia is uh, has a statue of William Penn on the top. It is the tallest statue on top of a building anywhere in the world. Oh. Hmm. So the statue itself is the tallest statue that's on top of a building. That's right. It weighs okay. like two tons or something like that. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's 37 feet tall or something like that. Yeah. Dang. And they right. apparently, I didn't know, did you guys know that there was... A, a curse associated with this so in philadelphia there was a a gentleman's agreement that uh, out of respect to mr penn they were not going to build any buildings higher than his head his head and then in the 80s some developer was like yeah screw this and they made a built a bunch of big tall buildings and <laughs> tons of buildings and so they, and then Philadelphia never won a title until, uh, when was this? This was like early 2000s, I guess. Somebody put another tiny statue of William Penn on top of the tallest building ah. in Philadelphia. And then the Phillies won the World Series the following year. Perfect. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Somebody's, somebody's on top of their voodoo. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> what's what's Indianapolis's curse? How do we what building can I put a a, a statue on top of to get a title? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know what her curse is. I bet Larry uh Larry Larry Bird is involved somehow. I think that I think that on the the top, you know, the roof of the field house. I think that there's, if I remember, like it said, "Bird's House" on there. Mm. I don't know if that stayed or not, but uh, I think it was like during the construction. So is this like if a I'm, Terry Taylor issue? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shout out to Terry Taylor, aka the Birdhouse, <clears throat> from Boise, Idaho, out west. It's our enforcer. John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Shout out our master of nicknames, Jonathan Coulson. Hope you're having fun, buddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, before we get into the show, I just want to remind you that you can support us, the longest-running Pacers podcast, by heading over to patreon.com slash undebeatables to support us for as little as a dollar per month. So, gentlemen, we had uh, a couple games to talk about before the All-Star break. At this point, it's been been a while. Uh, we want to talk about the game February 13th 
against the Utah Jazz. Pacers lose 117 to 123. I guess there was some. This was like so post uh, trade deadline. Uh, we get uh, Jordan Bora and George Hill make their debuts. Um, they don't do a whole lot, but they were on the floor. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton uh, picked up 30 and 12 assists. Uh, Aaron A. Smith, 19 points. And uh, Jason, your boy, Benedict Mathern, another 21 points off the bench. Uh, doing no wrong. Except, I mean, we didn't win. But, you know, he was good. We got to see uh, Laurie Markkinen uh, put 29-11 on us. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, 29 on us. And Kelly Olenek running around out there. Four season Utah. Um, and they, they put it down on us. And right before the All-Star break, 117-113, Pacers not successful tanking, and they pulled this one out at the end. They looked like a you know reasonable team in the second half. The first half, they looked pretty, pretty bad. But they came back, won this one. Uh, four players in double figures, led by Buddy Heald with 27. And... Uh, Matherin and Duarte off the bench with 14 points. Uh, Zach Levine putting 35 and, and 11 rebounds. Uh, and Vucevic, 19 points on that side. You know, that that was going into the All-Star break. Pacers end 1-1. One one. It's, been, it's, been, it's been a slide uh, the, the last several weeks. Pacers have just been losing most of these games. And, uh, you know, they pull one out before the break. So, uh, as we record, it's the night before they, they come back to, to play. So, um, I know a couple of the guys had uh, some some uh, roles to play in All-Star Weekend. So, you know, they had some fun and uh, other ones are going to come back, you know, well-rested if they got a week plus off. Uh, I guess before we move into that stuff, Jason, um, do you have any, any thoughts on these two, two games before the break? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I thought that uh, the Utah game was a very frustrating game. Uh, Utah was pretty much on fire from three-point range, and so Pacers, anytime they sort of got within striking distance, you know, would uh, give up a, a couple threes or something like that, and then uh, Utah would be would stretch the lead again. Uh, the, the bench unit lost that game for us. Um, you know, Utah had made some trades, so Mike, they shipped Mike Conley out. Um, and so they were running Talon Horton Tucker as their like backup point guard. And apparently he was murdering us. I don't know why. (laughs) Didn't make any sense at all. He's not that good at handling the ball or, uh, really creating anything else. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he had like seven dimes, and yeah, I guess he was huge, so he could see over the defense. Um, but I thought it was a really important um, uh, comeback win against the Bulls because, you know, as you said, Joey, like it looked dismal, and it would have been, um, you know, not a fun all-star break going in on a slide uh, like the Pacers have been on and getting, you know, your butt handed to you in your own building right before you go <laughs> onto a, a week long break or whatever. Like that's just a, 
a bad taste in your mouth. So I thought it was it was good um, to do that. It was nice to see Buddy Heald sort of snap out of a, a slump. He played horribly against Utah, but and really horribly in the first half of that Bulls game, and then scored 27 in the second half and sort of single-handedly got us back into that game. And, uh, you know, good good plays down the stretch from, from a lot of guys um, to uh, to pull out that victory. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, the new guys got some run. Jordan Nwara, uh sort of stole all of Chris Duarte's and O'Shea Brissett's minutes in the Utah game. Um, Duarte had a nice bounce back, though, against Chicago, which was another another nice thing to see so um yeah yeah it was good to, good to get a win yeah. just going into break that's all i, <laughs> yeah. I liked about it it, it yeah. definitely was and shout out to heels for breaking uh reggie miller's single season three oh, yeah, point yeah, record true. oh yeah um in that 27 point second half effort uh you know in, in fairness to the pacers we were without turner and duarte in that jazz game uh we were a little bit undermanned ourselves um I agree. It was a frustrating game, but you know, everything that that game wasn't the Chicago Chicago game was for me. Right. I just, Mm -hmm. this reminded me what I like so much about this team. Like there's just, there's just games that you can tell they're just just not going to lose that. They don't want to lose to a divisional rival. They don't want to lose to the bulls and they've always got something special for that Chicago rivalry. And I, I just, I love that this team, you know, they're not ready for prime time yet, but you can tell that they've got a sense at the moment. Um, you know, sure, it took 75 second-half points uh, to bring this one home. Um, but, you know, they fought, they scrapped, and and they got the job done. It was a fun one. And, you know, you, you don't want to see, you know, Buddy Hield's record going to waste. You know, you don't want to go into the all-star break with the loss, you know. And they sensed that, and, you know, Halliburton brought us home. Yeah, play of the game in the uh, – <laughs> you mentioned my boy uh, Matherin. In that Chicago game, we're, we're making this amazing uh, – come back and really scrapping and fighting and and Matherin at some point like abuses a defender gets to the lane gets hammered uh but makes the layup uh w- was so confident that he got fouled he's like sitting on the baseline just flexing and being like oh yeah for the camera <laughs> no foul was called and so George Hill had to come over like give him five and then pick him up and be like go play defense buddy <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> no whistle let's go <laughs> But you look at the replay and it's like the guy just yeah, yeah I just took that, him out completely with the body. Of course he assumed he got fouled. Like <laughs> sucks to be a rook, man. Yeah. I mean, he lets them know that uh, 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 he's pretty vocal for, especially for a rookie. That uh, I mean, he ain't shy. That ain't Mather's problem. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the yeah, so Pacers take a win into the break and. Uh, you know, most of the guys get uh, get some time off. Um, a couple of the guys had some things to do. We had in the Rising Stars Challenge, we had uh, Nemhard and um, Matherin, right? Um, and their team, I guess they were on Team POW, and they, they won. And Jason, you said, uh, I, I guess, yeah, the, uh, I, I did get to watch highlights of this. Uh, I've I struggle with All Star Weekend. There's just like a lot of things to do, and there's a lot of things in like a bunch, like um, like the All Star game. The players on the floor don't care, so it's hard for me to to 
you know, muster up a, a bunch of energy to, to pay attention to when those guys don't care. But, uh, but that's not the case for, you know, the rising stars game is not the same. Um, those guys do care. Um, what, what were some highlights from, from that? Uh, Jason, you you're telling me about, uh, uh, pretty nasty play Namehart had yeah uh i mean yeah it was it was interesting to watch you're right the guys i mean they're not playing defense but they're definitely a little bit more uh competitive i guess compared to the the all-star game uh matherin showed pretty well um i think early in the game just (laughs) did his typical thing and attacked the basket and like drew a foul like that was his his mo uh and then yeah nimhart had a pretty sweet um play where he was like sort of kind of posting up on the right block and did a sweet behind the back pass to a cutting uh jose alvarado uh who got the layup and alvarado really was the story yeah of that of both of those games like he was the mvp he was definitely very uh active very competitive doing alvarado things like stealing the ball um from out of bounds and (laughs) just taking the game way too seriously uh, <laughs> i think he he hit the game winner in the uh the second game or whatever the final if you will and uh yeah no it was it was good there was it was especially entertaining because he they did this thing where each team had a guy who was like mic'd up during play so he's like out there running around and playing and talking to the the broadcast crew or Seems whatever like a bad idea yeah, but it like he was amazing at it. Like he was just like chatting it up, and then would would go steal the ball and be like, "All right, now watch me do this. I'm just gonna go." <laughs> I just score this bucket. Like I, like, I you just need like a twenty second delay if it was me because I just my brain mouth filter is non-existent. <laughs> just be like f bombs everywhere on national sure. TV. Yep, yep, there was some of that. This is why we're not in the NBA. Yeah, uh, it's a... that's a primary reason. <laughs> I can think of a couple other <laughs> yes, secondary exactly. reasons. Yeah, no. It's just the mouth. That's the <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was it was entertaining for sure. I guess the other uh, the other thing that the Pacers were involved in was the three point contest, and the I mean it was it was an entertaining one. Uh, the final round uh, qualified by. Buddy Heald, Tyrese Halliburton, and uh, eventual winner uh, Damian Lillard. Um, you know, you think, you know, numbers say there's two Pacers in there. They've got the best chance to win out of all the teams. Um, yeah, except but, uh, Lillard doesn't believe in your stats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he doesn't believe that range is a thing. And um, yeah, no. So it, it, I mean. Uh, it, uh, the Halliburton had the best uh, round of the night, but it was not in the final. So I think it was the semifinal. He he got like thirty one. Uh, was was just oh absolutely yeah he was he was on fire like yeah it was yeah like the contest was built for him so yep. But yeah, ever since they introduced those like the uh, they changed the sponsor, so I don't know who starry it is now, balls. He, okay, starry. the starry balls yeah. <laughs> the, uh, go ahead make sense out of that uh, which are the deep shots that are worth three points um, I think Lillard hit both of his in the yeah. final round because that's what he does yeah. Yeah. and uh, he is literally such a huge difference 
this season in professional basketball games against NBA players, he's 27 of 87 between 30 and 34 feet. Like, first of all, he's taken 87 of those shots, <laughs> which is wild. The second of all, in he like 50 games. He yeah. hits a third of them. Like that used to be a pretty good three point percentage. Yeah. And yeah, now he just cans it from out there as expectation. The man is a machine. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. If you're gonna lose to that a guy, you can't feel bad about losing a big game day. That's right. And it was his third time in the contest and mm-hmm. Buddy Healed has won it once before, I think, so yeah, I think all parties came away happy. Yeah. Uh, Jill, Jill and I were watching it, and she was just saying that probably uh, Heald and Halliburton, neither one of them wanted to beat the other guy, so that threw them off their game. That's yeah. why they were like uh, not competitive. It opened the door for uh, Lillard to just sneak in there. The good news is he'll probably never do another three-point contest now. So nope. Next He's year done. it can just be uh, Tyrese and Buddy. He even looked like, uh, like during the celebration, like he was just like exhausted already. He was like, "I'm too old for this shit." <laughs> it was just a checkbox. Yeah, know, like. exactly. It's on his Hall of Fame resume now. Exactly. That's right. Not that that needs any padding, but hey, what are you gonna do? Let's see what else. The there was the dunk contest. Uh, you guys get to to watch some dunk contests. It was uh, less disappointing than it has been in uh, some of them in the past. I mean, there's been some good ones recently, but uh, there's been some some uh, stinkers too. I think this one was um, was uh, not too bad. We had the eventual champion uh, Harper. What did I? What, what was I calling this guy? McGuffin. Uh, the MacGuffin. That's not his name, though. Mac McClung, I think is his name. He he was on, was a, a G League player. He was on a you know two week contract with the the Seventy Sixers. Uh, he's like six two and can jump most of the way out of the gym. <laughs> um, he was, I mean, he was hitting uh, filthy dunks and hitting them on the first time. I mean, yep, you know, he looked good. Looked good doing that. You know the. Uh, I think it was this was his first one the one where he jumped over someone on somebody else's shoulders. He jumped over two people. Uh, yes. So yeah, so he jumped over two people, you know, essentially on shoulders like one and a half people high, jumped over them, grabbed the ball, put the ball off the backboard and then dunked it. Um pretty nasty. Um uh, and, and hit it on the first try. I'll take it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I thought it was a super entertaining dunk contest. Yeah, start the I thought even yeah. outside of McClung, it was uh, lots of good dunks, and like nobody was like taking too long trying a ridiculous dunk that never happened. And right. uh, yeah, there was there was some showmanship. the The only thing I didn't understand was there was one point I forget who it was. I think it was KJ Martin, Kenny Martin's son. Uh, it came out and wheeled out this whole like special ball it sounds like a black ball it was like a black ball with no there was no explanation of what the ball was or why it was special and then the dunk was just his his dad threw it off the glass and then he dunked it or something um so yeah it was that was that was confusing 
Uh, and then the other hilarious thing was, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Jericho Sims. Sims. Yep. His whole thing was just, he wanted, <laughs> he just wanted to put his arm in the hoop. So like every dunk he did was like, he, he put his elbow in the hoop and then he, <laughs> yeah. and then he like kind of put his shoulder in the hoop and it was, yeah. And then he like had pinned some note to the, the net and pulled it down and read it. I don't know. It was. Kind of like, but, but McClung, um, yeah, like you said, he hit, he hit him early on his first try, and like that's just so key to to winning the dunk contest. So apparently, that ball um, is Wilson. So the manufacturer Wilson, it's an airless basketball. Okay, and it's it's three D printed. Okay, um, but it it basically it basically. You know, the design is supposed to bounce and feel, you know, very close to a, a normal basketball. But, okay. you know, it's 3D printed. So the idea is that you never have to pump it up. Yeah. So when we say airless. It, it's like a lat, like the outside's like a lattice. Yeah, it's it not... looked like it was, yeah, porous. Like oh, there were just okay. holes I gotcha. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, there's essentially, I mean, yeah, the outside is just—it's a lattice, and there's so it's the kind of like a souped-up version. Did Way Win ever have one of those balls that just had like um, it was just uh, yeah. like holes everywhere or whatever? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like a souped-up version of that, I guess. Yeah, but like it's also supposed to—I mean, those are fine because you just kind of squeeze them. But the you know the the ones for little kids you squeeze them, but this one's supposed to like bounce and right. behave right. like a normal basketball. Um, but they got uh, yeah. I'm, I'm reading this article here. They they found some material properties that were. Um, <laughs> I love this though. It's like and what, it's what you'd expect, but uh, but after they you know figured out the the right uh, uh, mixture of things, it says before this achievement, all of our prototypes either broke or failed to bounce. <clears throat> they, you know, I feel like those are the only ways it can really fail, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, One exploded. Um, it's just a pro t- yeah, I guess it could explode. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I guess you know it'd be a bummer if you were you know on the the uh, the prototype basketball team and you came back with your you know, your hair was was uh, I guess like in the cartoons when you're in an explosion, your your hair goes like straight back and it's gray <laughs> or something like that. And uh, sorry, it's a tough day at Wilson. Back to the drawing board, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that. Sorry, that was the, uh, a little digression yeah. on that ball. Well, I mean, obviously, world hunger is solved because we made an airless basketball. So, obviously, all the yeah. big problems are solved. So, that's cool. Um, <laughs> I think there was some there was some uh, uh, dissatisfaction about uh, one of the judges. Um, Carl Malone was like uh, his scoring. He was one of the judges. He was like five points below. Like he, he was like an old grumpy man. He didn't yep. like anything. He didn't want anybody <laughs> so, on his lawn. That's for sure. Yeah. So it's like 49, 49, 50, 49, 44. Um, so, and then, I don't know, I've, I've read some other uh, problematic things about him recently as well that were, uh, uh, and he dealt with them about the same way. Said, 
you know, get off my lawn reporters. I'm not talking to you about these terrible things I did. Allegedly. Allegedly. But definitely. So. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so the dunk contest, pretty fun. We had an airless 3D printed basketball and a bunch of good dunks. And, um, yeah, no, it, it definitely, yeah, recall some of these other ones. There were drones involved and, you know, just repeated missed dunks and, you know, just uh, stuff like that. It was not a, not a great viewing experience. This was this was fun. Um, McGuffin wins and... Uh, yeah, I think he des- he just certainly deserved it. And you know, like some of these, some of these previous, uh, some of these previous dunk dunk uh, champions, you know, have made a, a good name for themselves in the league. And I still remember the Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine ones. Um, oh yeah, that was as good as it's ever going to get. I mean, that was yeah. just epic. Yeah. yeah. So if we can get in that in that realm again, you know, I'm I'm. I'll watch that every day. Yep. It's almost worth having Aaron Gordon in the league. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't pick on Zach the... Levine. He plays for the Bulls. Should have gone there. Right. It's true. Sorry, Aaron. Suck it, Zach. And he has a... He had a... Yeah, Levine didn't have to go to the Bulls, you know? Like, somebody else would have taken him, but... He did it. Um... I think the other thing, you know, the 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 All Star Game proper, you know, I guess. Yeah. Um, did you watch the Skills Challenge? I did not watch the Skills Challenge. That's yeah, I was gonna watch too far. the highlights of that. <laughs> well, I was, actually, I was gonna watch the highlights of that uh, because you know we we were tied up during all like all that stuff anyway. But I was gonna watch the highlights later, and Connie was with me, and uh, I like I had selected on YouTube, and she said, "Yeah, don't bother. It's." Um, she said it was no good, so I I didn't even I didn't do it on her recommendation. Did I mean uh, Harper? Did you did you watch the skills challenge? Uh, I no, I did not. I I also didn't watch the All Star game on Mike Malone's advice. Uh, yeah. Following the All Star game, coach of one of the All Star teams involved in this game told the media, and I quote: "It's an honor to be here." It's an honor to be part of a great weekend. Great players. But that is the worst basketball game ever played. (laughs) So I decided to go ahead and not watch that game. Good choice. Me neither. (laughs) What was the final score? It was like 180 to 170 or something like that. 184 to 175. Apparently with (laughs) the format like of the fourth quarter thing, like... It was some minor drama or something, but, you know, hmm. there's just, there's no defense. Apparently, Kyrie Irving and uh, Embiid kind of wanted to play defense, but like, uh, no one was, no one was feeling it. Hmm. So, they gave up. Who won the, uh, well, Le- I think this is Team LeBron's first loss in the uh, mm-hmm. All-Star game, so that's the big news. Uh, but who won? Who was the M- MVP? Well, it had to be Jason Tatum. Uh, he yeah. scored fifty-five, I think, 55. and was the most most well, in an All Star game. That's a lot Donovan of points. Had, <laughs> it is. It is. 
Um, yeah, I, and if you, do you guys remember one of them that I did watch, which was several years ago at this point? But uh, Paul George was going on; he was taking it real seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, he probably was on the Pacers at that point, but he took it real seriously and was was scoring a bunch too. And I think he was getting close to the record. He was starting to near that, and um, I don't think that the other players on the court wanted him to have that honor, and they shut him down. <laughs> As well, they should have. Yep, that was the right move. Yeah. History will smile on that event. Yeah. So, yeah, I had it on at the beginning of the game, you know, and it was, it, you know, they do the, the, um, the, the, you know, schoolyard style, you know, draft, um, like I think they did last year, but they put the whole thing that, you know, they, they, they do the video of the whole thing now, which is, which is interesting, but, um, I, it looked, so the, the last, oh, I guess there was some, I don't know there was a, a, a situation, but LeBron, um, was getting ready to make his pick. There was two players left. It was, uh, Jokic and Markinen, I think were the last two. And, while LeBron was like basically getting ready to announce his pick, Jokic just walked up and just went onto LeBron's team, <laughs> and LeBron like pl- like went with it and just said, "Of course, I'm taking the Joker." <laughs> um, and then afterwards, uh, you know, I guess it looked, you know, of course, I, I it looked like he just said, "Well, I'm not going to be the last guy," but uh, I, he said afterwards he didn't realize Markinen was still there. He thought he thought he was the last player, so he just. Thought you know, of course it's I'm going this way yeah. because I'm the last one. But he said he didn't realize. I don't know if that makes right. it better that he just completely forgot about Markinen's existence a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if that actually makes that better. Right. Yeah. So. But yeah. So and he had said you know he's like look I he's like I expect to get picked last. My game is not <laughs> the game I play is not fun for the All Star. Not game. well he, suited he to the All Star game. No. I, the guy's probably going to be MVP, and he's the last guy, effectively, or could have been in the All Star. Yeah, game. exactly. So, it is what it is. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Team LeBron had 118 points in the paint. <laughs> team, team Giannis took 66 three pointers. Yeah, and hit 44 percent of them. <laughs> oh my god! That well, because they're all undefended. Yep. You know, and that's the thing. So we had the game on, and it's just guys like. It's just they're just running back and forth, chucking up threes and taking un- these uncontested layups and uncontested threes. And I was like, I can't, you know. We have one TV in our home. We have you know computers. We have one TV in our home, and I cannot justify to my wife that this is the thing that should be on when there's. It's not even. It's not entertaining. It's, it's the best players in the world playing unentertaining basketball. What am I gonna say? I can't. I can't argue for this. So um, we did not watch it. Damian Lillard took 23 pointers in 23 minutes of game time. That's incredible. <laughs> Somebody needs to tell that guy he's got a green light. <laughs> said, hey, green. guys, I, I, won the, I won the three-point contest, if you didn't notice. <laughs> Check your Twitter, but uh, you'll see me holding the three-point trophy. Uh, let's see. And our boy uh, Halliburton was on Team LeBron, uh, but an efficient game in almost 14 minutes, 7-9 from the floor, 4-6 uh, from the range, uh, 18 points, uh, 3 assists. 
pretty good. Yeah. Well done. Not bad for a first All-Star game. Yeah. Darren Fox scored zero points, so mm. there's that. Mm. And Doncic only had four, which I, I take to mean that Tyrese Halliburton is, um, you know, four and a half times better than Luka Doncic. So, yep, that's <laughs> proven. QED. <laughs> um, before we get out of here, I, I I guess first of all, is there anything else about All Star Weekend you you guys are uh, dying to discuss? Jason, you look like you're bouncing over there. You got some. You got. You got to be something. <laughs> you're bouncing like a 3D airless basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm bouncing like a yeah the version the the beta of that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess I did want to talk. There's a couple things uh, I think we're you know it's a, it's a short week of basketball. We're we're gonna put. Uh, just the one show out this week, uh, but I did want to talk. Oh, there are a couple, a couple roster changes, a couple things that happen across the league. Um, the first one uh, during the trade that brought uh, George Hill to the to the Pacers, and um, the Pacers had cut James Johnson, but then they also uh, re-signed him. Um, uh, I had seen, you know, sort of heard some rumblings that that may happen. Um, the the there was like a game or two in between when they had cut him and 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 um, and, what, and when he was uh, signed back and he was apparently uh, in the stands like he was courtside next to the bench but actually sitting in uh, like a, a, a spectator seat but he was participating like he always does you know um, there was no difference I think the Pacers just gave him a, a courtside seat close enough. So he could still join in with his team, but he's back on the roster, and I think that um, you know there was some speculation that hey, if you have George Hill, maybe you, you don't need him. But it, I, I'd heard that he was he was everything I've heard and read about this guy is that he's been very important, particularly to the young players on the team. They they really like having him there. They're talking, everybody's talking to him during during uh, you know, uh, I mean, basically anytime they're not on the floor. They're talking to him, so glad to see him there. Um, Harper, do you uh, uh, are you bummed out that he's back, or do you think that uh, he's a, <laughs> uh, you know a solid addition to this? Yeah, team I'm firmly anti Johnson, as you know. No, no, I mean it's great. Like, let's get him on the you know on the coaching track. You know, mm-hmm. if, if if players relate to him and you know he's doing a good job teaching, you know, let's let's see how far he can take it. If he's got a gift, let's try and maximize like it yeah for sure also uh i just i just saw this uh, not too long ago but uh russell westbrook joined the clippers he's on the coaching tr- track as well right yeah he's <laughs> mm-hmm. gonna uh, uh, uh <laughs> i think it may be a different <laughs> Trying to say something politely is what's trying to happen. Right? No, I don't believe so. Uh, I'm struggling to do Neither that does thing. anyone yeah, else. Uh, yeah. You're in good company. Yeah. Um, so he's there. Um, you know, I I mean, I think him and, and PG and Kawhi, uh, yeah, I'll, I'd say I'll watch that 
I'll watch somebody else beat them. I, you mm. know, but uh, so that was you know a big name that moved recently, and also Nate McMillan was relieved of duties from the Atlanta Hawks. Jason, you know I know you're you you're you've been a Mackhead for a long time. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> were you surprised to see it, and were you were you surprised to see it now? You know mid mid season. No, I wasn't surprised to see it. There's been uh, uh, lots of reporting about uh, dissatisfaction between Trey Young and uh, Nate McMillan. Uh, you know, this is this is standard trajectory for Nate McMillan. He's really he's I mean he's a really good um, basketball coach in the sense that he gets teams to do sort of the nitty gritty things that win you a lot of ball games in the NBA. You know they. He wants you to play defense hard and not turn the ball over. Attention to and, detail. Yep. Exactly. And that wins you a lot of games. It also is probably very boring for a guy like Trey Young yep. and DeJounte Murray and all of the other skilled basketball players that are on the Hawks roster. And so, yeah, I think it was sort of inevitable. Yeah. Um, and as... As as far as the timing is concerned, the, you know the Hawks didn't do a lot at the trade deadline, so I think this is the organization's way of, you know, shaking shaking up things in the the locker room or whatever to try to give the the team a little boost. They are currently where are they at? Twenty nine and thirty, sitting on the uh, eight seed, and they're three yeah, games so- back of Miami in the seven. So. Right, yeah. So they're they're uh, play in level, but they are uh, in contact with the top six. You know, like they could, yeah, if they start playing ball correctly, yeah, easily. I, it, there's no reason to think with the talent that they have, they shouldn't be performing much better, <laughs> right? Right. Um, yep. You know, it, it seems like Nate, like the way that you described him is actually absolutely correct, but it just it feels like sometimes he tries to make the game a little bit easier f- for guys by robbing the game of the offensive complexity that the current NBA really needs, right? And so that will cut down on your turnovers. That does make it easier for some of your guys, but it doesn't make scoring easier, right? Right. And, um, yeah, he's just no longer a forward-looking NBA coach, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just... You know, it, it was just a matter of time there. You know, going into this season, we talked about with the pickup of Murray that in order for that to work, Trey Young was going to have to be an off-the-ball player. That just never happened. And whether Nate McMillan just never had that conversation, maybe he didn't tell him, or whether Trey Young said, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to not gonna. Either way, it didn't happen. And now they're a middling team, and... It is what it is. So, yeah, you definitely got to shake it up. I don't know who you put in there in the middle of the season. Um, so, should we recommend Nate Bjorkring? I, I, I mean, mean you got to follow a Nate with a Nate. He's a, he's a winner. He can definitely <laughs> do that job. Hopefully they don't try to steal Lloyd Pierce back, who uh, lost his job to Nate McMillan. Yeah. <laughs> we like more he is. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that covers uh, about everything that's going on in in this uh, section of the season. There's uh, their games coming back up. The you know the break is ending. 
Um, I guess, uh, Jason, do you have the, the schedule handy for the next couple games? I do. Uh, Pacers play two games this week. So Thursday, host the Boston Celtics in Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Celtics are first in the East, as they have been all year, pretty much. Um, but sometimes it's an opportunity to steal a game after an All-Star break. And then uh, the Pacers head out for a four-game road trip starting on Saturday. Uh, they play at Orlando before going to Dallas, San Antonio, and Chicago. Two games, guys. What do you guys think? Sweep it? I'm going to call a sweep. I think we go 2-0. Um, I, I don't think uh, we need to beat Boston, but I think Orlando is very tough to beat or tough to lose to, so I'll take I'll take one and one. I just, I'm also, we're going to rack up some wins on this road trip, right? Because Orlando's tough to lose to. San Antonio's on like, what, a 14 game skid? Good luck losing that one. And, you know, we hate losing to Chicago, so we'll probably win that. I don't know. I think you guys, I think you guys don't have, uh, you think the team isn't, isn't uh, on the right trajectory. And I think we are. I think we're going to go 0 2. And uh, I think that we, listen. San Antonio might be on a 14 game skid, but we know how to lose too. And I think the organization. I'm sure, we do. I just I find they, us unmotivated to be unmotivated. I think that the organization, <laughs> the organization now, you know, they shut the team. They've shut the team down. They told some of the guys, um, but I think that they they've got what it takes. You know, so we're we're gonna be. I think we're gonna skid right into the draft coming up later this year. All right, I, l- I love your optimism or pessimism. It's definitely an ism. <laughs> Some sort of ism. It's one, one of each. <laughs> Meh-ism. Meh. We want to get one more segment in before you go. Because it's a short week, we are uh, uh, still in the mood to uh, do some wild speculation. So I think it's time for an undegoogleable. Jason... I know you've got some burning questions. How can I help you here? Oh, are we doing under Googleables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. You said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. I have tons of burning questions. Uh, this one, I don't exactly remember the context of why I thought of this. Uh, uh, probably talking about uh, Ethan's behavior or something like that. But um, the the idea of somebody being a goody two shoes, like somebody that's that's very prim and proper, and you know, mm. yeah, I don't know. Mm. Goody two shoes. So that's interesting. Like, that 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 makes me think of it slightly differently. I think you're right. I I think of it just as a straight up suck up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. Okay. But prim and proper is maybe a little bit easier to to visualize. No, but I think you're right. I think that the in my mind those go hand in hand. It's somebody. It's it's mm. not just a suck up, but somebody's like that's like the uh, 
epitome of the the, the apple shiner like teacher teacher's pet kind of yeah situation right yeah i think it's i mean i think it's both there's there's I, I I always I do think of it as sort of some of both of those, um, where, yeah, I mean the person is always they're always doing everything right, and they they're also yeah I mean they're sucking up to teacher or you know the boss or, you know they're always uh, you know doing all that stuff and but mm-hmm. it's not just in my in my opinion it's not just you know they're they're good at something it's yeah it's there's also the suck up part mm, is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. an important part of being a goody two-shoes. Okay. Okay. So I like that. I guess before we get into this, um, would any of you consider yourself, you know, either now or at other times in your life, were you a goody two-shoes? Uh, maybe when I was very young, I, I kind of went hard the other way at some point. Yeah. <laughs> I have a sense one shoes. Yeah, probably. (laughs) I I mean, certainly when I was young, I was a rule follower. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I was terrified of breaking rules. Right, and but I I never was, uh, yeah, never like was a suck up. I don't think. I, think I, I, I feel like I probably was in that like zero to fourth grade range, like mm. definitely in grade school. I could I could see that. I could see that as a fair okay. descriptor of where I was. And then my brain okay. broke. Sure. <laughs> and I became very I I anti probably... Yeah. And that follows to this day. <laughs> uh, and yeah, you, think... Joseph? Uh, I mean, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I think I don't, I don't think I was a, a, a suck up. I definitely was, you know, wanted to do, you know, when I was, you know, grade school, I wanted to do the right thing, you know, wanted to follow the rules. So, um, may have been seen that way by other, you know, little kids, but that was never my intention. So, right. right. But maybe it never is. I don't know. Or do they do it? Or maybe, or do they do it knowingly? I don't know. I think that well, yeah, that's a good question. I think there is some level of knowingness to a goody two shoes. Yeah, right? I mean, I you think know. that's right, but I also think that when we were banding that term about back when, people would deny this accusation. People weren't like leaning in, right? Right, for sure. So yeah, no, it's not a compliment. It, it's certainly no. not. So when do we think this phrase came about? Like, is this a, 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 a more post, recent post term? shoes? Yeah, definitely in the last twenty thousand years. So, anytime in human history. Okay, great. Uh, so, yeah, do we think this is like a modern, recent thing, or it's uh, goes back to? I I'm tr- I'm just to me that 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 hinges on why is it two shoes. Is it like the only thing I could think of is like if somebody like if you were bad or you know or was it like a you know were you not able is your family not able to afford two shoes like, right, like, right right yeah I, you know like goody two shoes over here yeah <laughs> his both feet shod <laughs> <laughs> this guy show off over here yeah I, 
<laughs> like does this come this is like depression era when <laughs> no one has shoes and right yeah well so when when you first did the prim and proper thing <coughs> excuse me my first thought was you know the person who like you know it's easy for me to visualize someone who just like is very tidy very squared away right the shoes mm-hmm. are always shined mm-hmm. right. And that sure. could be an indicator of other behaviors, perhaps, right? Mm-hmm. But also, just kind of sounds like a candy bar to me, or mm-hmm. like a weird mob name. Yes, hey, Tony Two Shoes, shoes you know? Hey, Tony Two Shoes over here. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like candy bar. Yeah. When did <clears throat> when did people have shoes that needed shining? I feel like patent leather wasn't anything until the twentieth century, was it? Maybe, well, maybe also, it was. like I think, I, I think that we, I would say, I, w- I think that we now have, you know, if you guys remember, we've done the name game before, mm. on the show, and I think, I think candy bar or mob name is, uh, is gonna be a, a good, a good addition. Colson definitely needs to one. put that game together Get immediately. To work on that, Colson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I got I'm, nothing I'm, for this one. I, just, I can't even. The the shining makes sense. I wonder does is this um, potentially military in origin in any way? Mm. Like, boy, uh, that feels awful vanilla for a military insult, doesn't it? It does, certainly. But I mean, but you, you could know, imagine like that you know if you're in like if you're in boot camp and there's one guy that's always doing everything right. Right, they would be not the most popular person. Yeah, but yeah, they would come up with something much worse than goody two shoes, like a beating. Right. right, and you don't need a fancy nickname for a beating. Is there any chance that Goody is a trade name? Hmm, like Sam Goody. Like if there's a brand Go- of yeah, shoes. Goody shoes. Maybe there was a brand of goody shoes. Hmm. Mm. That's a good guess. Yeah. You know, I always feel like the you know the goody and that certainly doesn't discount this, but the goody to me was sort of like the yeah, like they're always doing the the right thing mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, uh, but the two shoes. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Maybe it was just a different time when the shoes were not like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, or or maybe there just was rampant one shoe punishments going on. Where, yeah, I mean, I guess if you only had one shoe, does it make sense to just wear no <laughs> shoes? Well, that's the punishment. You have to wear one so they're uneven. It's uncomfortable. Yep. Yep. And it's. Yeah. I feel like walking. And it's very noticeable. Yeah. yeah. Oh sure. I mean that would that would be. Yeah, I'd hate that if you were just walking around with one shoe. Yeah. yeah, I'm going with like weird 1800s punishment. Okay. 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 I mean, that's that's about the best, best, best guess we've got so far. I mean, falconry anyone? <laughs> Maybe this, the falcons would steal one shoe. It, it, yeah. it, it, is there, it is there any way this is nautical? In a sense. It could be oh, horse God. racing somehow. Oh no! I just horse uh, as you were saying that. Yeah. Uh, but the horses would have four shoes, right? Like uh, that's a good point. Maybe I don't know. But the jockeys would have two shoes. Mm. 
Hmm. Yeah, let's go. Hmm. Horse racing, 19th century. That's my guess. All right, I like it. I don't for, I, I, for I, no reason. How how are we spelling goody? I'm going G O O D Y. Yeah, that's what I was doing too. So dictionary.com says an ostentatiously mm. virtuous or well behaved person. Yeah. Uh Google says uh from the nickname of the heroine of history of little goody two shoes from seventeen seventy six. A popular children's story in which an orphan girl triumphed over adversity through her unwavering virtue and hard work to become a teacher and marry a rich man, using her newfound wealth to help the poor and do good works. It was the to Cinderella story of Goody mm. Two Shoes, the nickname of a poor orphan girl named Marjorie Meanwell. It's clever, mm. clever naming. Uh, who goes through life with only one shoe? Hmm. So what? That's something. When a rich gentleman gives her a complete pair, she is so happy that she tells everyone that she has two shoes. Where's the goody? Is that just because she does good work? Because she means well. Oh, well, just her name. Maybe she doesn't mean well. Uh, so how did they get the negative con? I mean, in, the, in this story, it's a Cinderella, you know, it's a Cinderella variation. Um, she, in the, you know, seems like she's a, a, a good, a good person and, uh, mm. has, you know, vir- a virtuous person. So according to Wiki, although the history of little goody two-shoes is credited with popularizing the term goody two-shoes. The actual origin of the phrase is, of course, unknown. For example, it appears a century earlier in Charles Cotton's voyage to Ireland in burlesque. Mistress Maris complained that the pottage was cold. And all long of your fiddle-faddle, quoth she. (laughs) Why then, goody two-shoes, what if it be? Hold on, if you can, your tittle-tattle, quoth he. Because that that was apparently what poetry was uh, in 1670. And it's another uh, candy name, Fiddle Vattle. <laughs> or wait, what is that? Isn't that, um, it's like uh, caramel popcorn yeah. or something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe a mobster. <laughs> hey, Fiddle Vattle, <laughs> I need you to take this guy out. <laughs> Goody, a shortening of good wife, being the equivalent of mm. Mrs. and Two Shoes, implicitly comparing her to people who have issues. Interesting. Uh, Mental Floss says that originally uh, the phrase of being a goody uh, was not always a bad thing. But by the 1870s, there was another phrase, goody-goody, based on Mm. an earlier 19th century use sense of goody as someone characterized by inept manifestations of good or pious sentiment. Uh, The goody-goody influenced our modern usage uh, of the term goody two shoes. Hmm. Interesting. All right. 
Don't know that we got there's, a super satisfactory answer, but there's also we want to talk about candy some more. Mm, sure. Uh, phrases.org.uk. Uh, we're talking about goody goody. There's a mm. uh, children's phrase uh, that was from the you know the the, the story. The children's phrase "goody gumdrops" and "goody goody gumdrops" became began life in the early in mid twentieth century. And the expression was found in the Herald Teen Cartoon Strip. You guys know that <laughs> uh, by the American cartoonist Carl Ed in 1936. But "goody gumdrops" mm. is uh, um, <laughs> and and if you'd like to use it a phrase or use it as a sentence. Uh, Cries of jubilation include "Wow, wacko, goody gumdrops, lovely grub," and "By gog, jolly custard, lovely grub." I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to integrate "By gog, jolly custard" into my vernacular. Hence, <laughs> henceforth, post haste. Yes, to please. wit. <laughs> Well, that was a good. It was a good one. That, um, yeah, I mean, I certainly you know know the phrase, and I think we all had uh, a pretty good understanding of what it meant, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, no idea why. We all know that the, uh, you know the, uh, what the sort of uh, uh, type of person is. I see another. Yeah, another another description is. Someone who's virtuous in a coy, smug, or sentimental manner. So, anyway, I miss Colson too, but he'll be back next week. <laughs> you know what? I don't think he's a goody two shoes either. No, I don't think he ever really was. <laughs> Sorry, Mom and Pop Colson. That's not who he is. All right, team. Well, I think that should do it for this show. We'll be back with you next week with uh, more uh, real basketball games to talk about. Um, maybe and maybe maybe by next week we'll we'll find a way to have our show three D printed. We'll see if I'll we'll hit up hit up the lab and see if we can get that done. We'll make an airless and 3D printed. Airless podcast. Yep. First of its kind. So, uh, <laughs> I was looking at some videos of, it's just kind of uh, looking at some videos of the of the airless basketball from, from Wilson. And the thing that did not give me, and this is in their promo video, the thing that did not give me um, a, a great feeling about it was in the introduction promo video, they showed the ball, they... they they talked about it a lot, but one thing they did not do was show it in action at, at any mm. point. They did not bounce it. They did not shoot it. They did none of those things. So, but maybe it's uh, maybe it's not 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 quite ready for prime time. Well, literally ready for prime time. It was in the dunk contest. No, I mean, I guess yeah. I guess uh, yeah. Maybe I just maybe I'm maybe I said it backwards. I mean, it's in anyway, prime time. We'll it may or may you. not be ready. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> sure. 
we'll be back with you next uh, next week until then you can hit us up on social media we are on twitter at undebeatables we're on facebook.com slash the undebeatables our website is the undebeatables.com there's a contact form there you can use that to send us a message and email shout out at the undebeatables.com and at the website slash store is your number one source for medium t-shirts <laughs> things are smalls now right uh, uh, yeah, for the architect Donnie Walsh and our once and always Hall of Fame head coach Bobby Slick Leonard turn out the lights the party's over <laughs> love it nice I was getting a little uh, like William Shatner vibe for a moment there. Yeah, I was trying to do once. Uh, I, I read an interview with Christopher Walken. You know, he's got that weird <laughs> cadence. Sure. And he said that whenever he gets uh, a script that he's supposed to read, the first thing he does is just get rid of all the punctuation and then just just reads just it like that. Walking it up. Yep. Do you think he like they sent him a word document? He just does like search and replace, for, like with every you know all punctuation, replace with nothing with space, replace bar. with the yeah. space. Yeah, that'd <laughs> be amazing. That's interesting. It it tracks, so I get it. I mean, I don't get it, <laughs> but but he's successful at what he does, so <laughs> not gonna argue. <laughs> 